0: what's going on everyone welcome into another episode of the oth nfl podcast today i'm your host david gillespie joining me on the show we've got junior juice gonzalez we've got george regiro and josh ripka a hell of a ton of uh alliteration <laughs> Right there for for the right, I think. I don't know, I, I don't remember anything of what I uh, you know, learned in high school, so I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go on a limb with that one. Uh, but but glad to have you guys uh, uh, with us today. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk uh, some head coaching changes today. It should be a very fun show. Uh, Dennis Allen, Lovey Smith, Doug Pearson, those are gonna be the, the three coaches that we're gonna highlight today. Um, And it's yeah, we want to break down what to expect for the upcoming years for each of these guys uh, with Dennis Allen, of course, being at the helm of the New Orleans Saints, uh, the previous defensive coordinator there, of course, and now taking over um, as the the head coach um, to to, uh, uh, you know, succeed uh, Sean Payton and his legendary tenure during that uh, during uh, uh, his time with the Saints. Then Lovey Smith, of course, heading over to the Houston Texans. Uh, um, or excuse me, staying with the Houston Texans, but now being promoted to head coach after also being the defensive coordinator there. Um, And then Doug Peterson, taking on his second head coaching gig as well, um, just like Dennis Allen. Um, All these guys also former head coaches at one point. Doug Peterson, of course, previously with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, of course, joining the Jacksonville Jaguars for the upcoming 2022 season. Um, But before we get into this, I got to ask each of you guys, how the hell are we doing today? I mean, it's a beautiful day. It's, It's... Crazy now, we're getting into the off-season mix of things. Um, you know, what, what, what you know, is is everyone doing all right today?
1: I'm doing perfect, yeah. man. Doing really good.
0: Glad to hear well, it. We're, <laughs> we're making it, we are, sur- We are surviving out here. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, appreciate you, Uh, uh, you, you, what, what was that, George? Huh? Oh, I think so. Oh, I well, you're I, my bad. I was gonna no. say,
2: yeah, usually, usually it's uh, football season is ending and I'm a baseball guy, so we got spring training to Mm -hmm. look forward to or, you know, spring training game starting and not right now. So baseball started, though. So I was about to say
3: college baseball season, Mm -hmm. baby. Let's go. How about the, you know what? Hey, respect. How about the Wildcats?
0: Hell yeah, dude. You're a Wildcats fan, Juice?
2: Yeah, I actually started liking uh, the basketball team um nice. way back day. I'm old enough to remember when yeah. Steve Kerr was there, Kenny yeah. Lofton, Sean Elliott. Oh yeah. Sean um, Elliott. Oh, that's yeah guy. So oh my remember, God. Yes. I remember seeing them play. And then I just always was an Arizona fan, you know, when they had uh Damon Stoudemire as well, you know. Um yep. so I've always been them. Then Mike Bibby when he was there when Arizona won it, you know, ninety seven. Um yeah, exactly. And then, Mike Bibby Mouse so Simon. Yep. My assignment. Yeah. So I've just uh, mm-hmm. I started liking the basketball team, but I just started liking them in everything. So, baseball as well. Um, football team isn't that great, but hopefully they'll turn it <laughs> around. But I'm just an Arizona fan in everything. And being from Lubbock, they played Texas Tech last week um, at Globe Life Park. And I had people telling me, you know, Tech's going to win, whatever, and whatnot. And we saw <laughs> what happened with that. So. I didn't say anything, you know, because it's just, you know, first few games of the season. But, you know, I was excited.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. The great things to come from the baseball program and the the basketball program, as we've obviously seen uh, over uh, Mm a recent stretch. um, Football, kind of a different story. They won one damn game last year against Cal, (laughs) who's like plagued with injuries. Like it wasn't much to... To feel great yeah. about, but they do have some some interesting picks in the off, uh, interesting uh transfers in the offseason. and i think actually could mm-hmm. bolster their team's success potentially in the future but but that's dope i'm so happy to see there's another wildcat fan out there i my parents actually went to both of them went to the university of arizona so oh, wow. uh, we have our roots uh, uh uh at the university of arizona so i've been cheering on them uh you know since i first started watching sports but um, that's awesome. great. Uh, yeah, that's 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 awesome. Um, so we got uh, folks, again, we have an exciting show in store for you guys talking NFL head coaching changes. But before we do that, we need to give a shout-out to our sponsor, our brand-new sponsor, and that is OutlastDFS.com. Um, use the promo code OTH. We're shifting away from Symbol and, and now using OutlastDFS. Um, maybe even a better offer. I, I, definitely a better offer, I think, for a lot of people out there if they're interested in, in betting on sports uh, where – now you can make up to 100 uh, – Outlast DFS will match up your uh, deposit with a bonus of, of, of up to 100% um, going up to $200 if you place a bet today and sign up and use the promo code OTH. They've got a wide variety of games to play from, whether it's traditional over-under, a survivor's pool. where are going to play against other um, uh, users, other bettors out there, and then also this thing called Purse, which is like this, this golf uh, betting app, uh, uh, b- golf betting game where you can um, basically – place bets on the top 10 guys that you think will place the highest and make the most money in the tournament and the person who uh, uh, accrues the most uh, amount of money throughout that tournament or the the uh the the, the the better with the the list of of golfers that accrue the most money within that tournament uh, ultimately wins out um in pretty uh, much you're
3: uh, saying the the better the jackpot yeah exactly. the better with the biggest purse winning yes exactly ends up exactly. winning the bet
0: yeah, and it's all like through the top 10 golfers that you bet on gotcha. uh, within each within each tournament. So a lot of great opportunities there. Uh, um, if you head on over to outlastdfs.com and use the promo code OTH, make sure to register, place a bet, use that promo code, and it, you, you, you'll start making some money very early. Uh, so uh, appreciate Outlast D- DFS also uh, reaching out to us uh, and contact, contacting us for uh, an opportunity to um, help out the sports bettors out there. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here, folks. Come on. You know, so, uh, Look, yeah, we're
3: out here trying to make y'all money. Promise <laughs> pinky promise. We're trying to help <laughs> you guys win money.
0: We're you know, I I don't want to say that this this podcast is basically should be nicknamed the people's champion, but it really should be okay. We're the people's champion out there. You know,
3: I don't see (laughs) uh, there. There's no better name for it. Honestly, you know, we've got our presenters. We've got, you know, our sponsors and who got the show all together. But at the end of the day, we do this for y'all. We do this for the people. (laughs) We are here to make y'all money. David are you frozen again yeah I'm frozen
0: yeah yep. Did I... okay there we go we're good now <laughs> we're I'm just back. like
3: I'm, I'm waiting on him I'm waiting on him <laughs> waiting on... oh there he is yep, there we go. <laughs> shout out to Comcast the biggest piece of shit internet connector
0: out there oh God Anyways. like I said we're here to help
3: the people don't get Comcast <laughs> exactly
0: exactly preach the truth there George um so we've got an exciting show in store for you guys again um Talking some NFL head coaching changes. Uh, before we get into that, also feel free to follow us on Twitter. Uh, we also have our individual uh, um, Twitter handles in our, uh, that, that we can display right here too. But also uh, feel free to to follow us on Twitter on our, on our podcast Twitter at OTH Football Pod. Uh, um, yeah, um, and I believe that's actually it uh, should be podcast. My mistake. That was actually my mistake. It should be OTH uh, Football Podcast. I believe. Right. I Isn't didn't it?
3: do it this time. <laughs>
0: Uh, no that yeah this was on me folks so my mistake um but uh oh no no wait i did have it right i'm sorry i'm drawing a blank i'm screwing up already folks bear with me here it is oth football pod i'm getting confused with the, the gmail uh accounts don't don't,
3: don't don't give away our email do that, okay don't, don't you you give away our email jesus <laughs> now they're gonna email us like why didn't well, you Well if they have any questions you know
0: if they want us to send if they want comment
3: to send us section them, and twitter you know? not our email <laughs>
0: All right, but, but, fair enough. Fair enough on that front. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel free to follow us on Twitter as well. Um, uh, in addition to our individual Twitter accounts, um, so any any bit of support appreciates us. Feel free to also like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, of course. Um, that will also greatly help us uh, uh, garner uh, accrue some more viewership and, and accrue more of a following out there. So uh, thank you very much, and let's just get right into it, folks. Um, the first guy I want to talk about is Dennis Allen. Um, you know, he is taking over the Saints head coaching job. It's a big deal because, um, you know, obviously Sean Payton has stepped down. He's no longer there anymore. And you have this brand new head coach who's, who's you know, coming in after a 15-year stretch of just elite, uh, uh, you know, elite, uh, uh, um, you know, elite execution by by Sean Payton when he was at the helm of the Saints. I mean, they were winning, you know, they won the Super Bowl in 2009. They were constantly, you know, making, you know, constantly a play, perennial playoff contender, constantly making the playoffs and, and showing that they're a team that you need to take as a legitimate threat year in and year out. Um, now it's Dennis Allen. And, of course, he previously coached the, the, the Oakland Raiders um, back when they were in Oakland, actually. And um, now he's stepping into the limelight again his second time around. But he, he does have a bit of adversity to face and to have to overcome with this one. Um, in, in large part, it's because of the salary cap issues that the <clears> Saints <throat> have seemingly been hampered by. I mean, they're about 78 million or 76 million, excuse me, over the cap right now. And so I have to ask, and we'll start with uh, you, Juice. Uh, how hampered are the Saints due to the lack of cap, uh, salary cap space in year one under Allen? Knowing this team is is in rebuild mode, they're no longer with Drew Brees anymore. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, that's kind of a bit of a, a, an up-in-the-air type of limbo type of situation.
2: Uh, how hampered are they in your eyes? Man, I think it's going to be tough for them, but I think, like we were talking about last week, they've done it before where they've maneuvered and were able to get under there. Um, but, man, 76 million, whatever, they're in the hole, that's tough. Um, and their biggest question mark is still going to be, be a quarterback. You know, I think Jameis is a free agent. Um I'm Taysom Hill, I don't think is the answer. Um and we all know if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you know, you're not going to do much. Um, Sean Payton was able, you know, to make it work with Taysom. I thought Jameis, you know, might be all right, you know. But yeah, just uh the salary cap issue, that's, you know, that's gonna hurt. Um, defense is going to still be good with Dennis Allen, you know, there, you know, being promoted. Um, but yeah, it's just being that much in the hole or over, you know, the salary cap, it's hard to see where they're going to improve and, you know, restructure and all that good stuff. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with and uh, decide to do. But like I said, their main thing is finding a quarterback where they could trade for one, draft one you know that's i think is going to be their issue
0: yeah no it, it's it's i mean there's a lot of uh, gymnastics like i said i think that's the the, the key phrase that they're going to have to um think about uh in terms of their strategy to really avoid you know going through some legitimate issues uh, um you know assembling a roster that's compatible with with, with success um uh you know but again like Adam Schefter says like anything is possible with the cap man it's it's crazy so there's that to take into account I just think you know it, it feels I mean it's it's been a while since they've really it, it, to my recollection that they've been in this type of situation where they've been set back this much money wise um and in in losing I mean key cogs in their franchise with with Sean Payton and with Drew Brees um so it'll be interesting to see how they manage it from here on out no doubt about that uh what say you Josh about the, the issues that are hampering the saints team uh, uh, in regards to the salary cap space or lack thereof.
1: I don't think salary cap space has to do really anything about it. Um, the saints signed Jarius bird, who was a I don't know, yeah, top right. 10 safety at his time mm-hmm. to a big contract with $2 million to play with during that mm-hmm. time. Like they, they, they've been doing this for years on, on top of years I don't think the salary cap has anything to do with what they're trying to do. I mean, literally last year, I mean, we all thought, all right, Ryan Ramchek is gone. Michael Thomas is gone. Marcus Williams is gone. They all brought those guys back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, their season wasn't really that good last year. And Michael Thomas got hurt and all that. But like they brought all those guys back and they signed Jameis Winston to like $20 million contract. Although be a yeah. one-year deal still 20 million dollars when you're hampered is still big so they're good around it they've always has been they always have been doing that for years Mickey Loomis is really good at what he does um definitely a top 10 GM in the NFL no doubt about it so yeah
0: yeah, no. It, Mickey Loomis is an excellent GM, and if anyone's going to pull it off, like he's certainly the guy to do it. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, George, what what do you take away from this question? Do you think the Saints are are in a bit of a tricky spot uh, uh, with the salary cap to help
3: Dennis Allen thrive? So this is my thing with it, and I'm I've got you know the source that I use for most cap information for football. I've got it pulled up right now. Uh, currently, as we said, they are seventy six million dollars. Over the cap now. With all that said, that still includes their three unrestricted free agents, which their contract totals to about 17 million, and that is, um, Teron Armstead, Jameis Winston, and Traquan Smith. So let's just say that does. Let, let's just say those guys are not there. You know, let's let's just say those three guys off the books. Okay, we're still talking about a $60 million deficit, you know. And I fully understand the whole deal with Taysom Hill's contract. Um, Taysom Hill's contract, you know, there's $19 million held up in dead cap space. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, a lot of these guys have huge numbers caught up in dead cap space. And I fully understand that, you know, there are going to be cuts. You're going to have to lose one or more of these guys that are on big money contracts And the fact of the matter is we're talking about a team that has over 20% of their cap held up in an aging Cameron Jordan, who I fully understand is still an absolute beast. Yeah, He's still a monster. Mm -hmm. But when you've got over 10% of your cap held up in uh, him, and then another 10% plus in Michael Thomas, who hasn't played a full season, has he ever played a full 16-game slate? I think maybe once or twice, but over the last, let's just say this, okay, over the last two seasons, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: he most certainly has not done that. Just saying, Mm -hmm. and then Marshawn Lattimore, another guy who is essentially their, you know, is one of their top corners and has to fit into Dennis Allen's defense. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know about you guys, but even for a number one guy, I am not sure I need just about thirty million dollars as a cap hit for my number one corner, there are going to be some tough decisions to be made for this Saints team because even with Mickey Loomis being an absolute mega-mind, big-brain genius that he is, there are going to have to be some difficult cuts because, look, if you decide, okay, we have to keep those guys and we have to keep their cap hit, okay, then who becomes the cap casualty? Because there has to be, at the very least, one or two. And, and like, that's just the reality of it. It, It's not necessarily the lack of cap space or how hampered is this team going to be. I'm not saying that it's going to be completely devoid of talent, but there's going to have to be some difficult decisions made when it comes down to who gets paid, who stays on the team for this upcoming season, and what they decide to do with the draft. Yeah. Because I I think all three of those big question marks for Loomis – are intertwined because let's just say oh they're able to keep Jameis Winston formally injured we're not sure how his health is going to be going into the season let's just say they're able to keep him on a, on a low term deal you know a relatively cheap deal Get him back. They cut Taysom and they keep Ian Book as their backup, which I ugh, Ian Book sucks. Let's just, let's just keep <laughs> it like it is. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna give it to you straight. He sucks. He sucked at Notre Dame. He and doesn't he sucks mean now. that,
0: Ian. He doesn't mean no, that.
3: I mean it. Uh, they have the 18th overall pick. They have the 18th overall pick. There's going to be some talent. This is not necessarily the most top-heavy draft, but this is a relatively deep draft. There's a lot of talent to go around, and certainly talent that's going to trickle down there. So, at that point, does Loomis say, alright, oh, we can't keep our quarterback at a good price.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Let's just draft a quarterback at 18. I'm sure someone will be there, one of those top three or four quarterbacks that a lot of people are projecting to go in the first round this season. Let's just say, uh, oh no, Malik Willis Pickett and Corral are off the board. All right, let's go get Howell or let's go get, you know, one of these other young quarterbacks that we think we can mold into our system. Let's go get Desmond Ritter, you know, whoever it may be. Now you don't have the quarterback question and you have your guy, your guy, hopefully, for the team on a relatively cheap deal for the next six seasons because it's a first round pick. Okay, then you can start to renegotiate and reallocate your money and your other draft picks elsewhere. Let's just say, okay, there's a really good offensive lineman still available at 18, and you can slot him in immediately at right tackle, or at left tackle. Left tackle, I understand, Tron Armstead. That's $13 million off the books right there. If you can just get a rookie in there, cool. Easy peasy. So, these are the questions that this team is going to have and how it's going to mold and change the team's decision-making going forward is what's going to be really interesting to me because with a guy like Dennis Allen taking over, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, they also retained the offensive coordinator from the team. Yes, Pete Carmichael's coming back, yep. This is a team that's going Mm -hmm. to be structurally and systematically very similar to the way it was before. So at that point, do they value okay, we have to go in, we have to talk to these guys, we have to restructure as much as we can, or are they going to value the the thought process of, all right, we have some guys shipping on out, we we have to get some new blood in here. So defensively, I've got a weird feeling defensively they're going to try and stick, stick to the plan as much as possible, and they might, in a sense, leave the offense to... Kind of work itself out in a sense. I think what they're going to end up doing, excuse me, they're going to take a quarterback at eighteen. Uh, that's that's just the thought process I have. Or they're going to trade up for a quarterback, what you know, their guy, whoever whoever may fall there, uh, and, and then go from there. Uh, the, the bigger thing that's going to be interesting is how they deal with free agency before the draft. That's yeah. going to be what's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I think what's going to happen actually is Teron Armstead is going to leave. The left. Tackle. I agree. I agree. He's gonna leave. Um, Bengals, Dolphins, call the phone. Um, I want
3: the Bengals to give that man the back. He's <laughs> oh, gonna get. Nice. He's yeah. gonna get some big money from somebody though. Let's let's get that straight. Then move Jonah Williams
1: to right tackle. I I could dig with that. Um, and then know, also, uh, do,
3: what do they do with Ramchick at that point? Do they push him to left tackle?
1: Probably. Um, that makes it. more. That like makes a lot more sense. Obviously, yeah. left tackle is more valuable than right tackle. But uh, Kamara, Alvin Kamara, was joking around about joining the Seahawks mm-hmm. at the Pro Bowl on social Yeah, media. what if they? I ch- wonder if there's still
0: interest in him after uh, the the aftermath. Say, of the Pro Bowl.
1: <laughs> Ugh. You know what would be crazy is that Seattle loves its running backs. Like they always love their running backs, mainly because of Pete Carroll. What if they, what if Seattle just trades from Elvin Kamara, and then and also hell shit put in Michael Thomas in there as well, a big mm-hmm. F a big F thing, mm-hmm. I could see it. But those three guys Kamara Kamara Thomas and um, Armstead are for sure
3: probably gone. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, well, I, I agree. Th- the big one to me that I I just don't see them being able to stick with. Is Michael Thomas? I mean, his cap hit is nearing twenty-five million dollars a season, and uh, I mean, over the last let, let me just let me just go back and double check. I want to make sure that I'm not saying something completely out of pocket. Um,
1: Would Michael Thomas even want to play for them, even if healthy? Because, like, uh, I mean, he's... it seems like Peyton was his guy. Like, I mean, that's the Peyton's guy. Peyton's gone. Um, Breeze is gone. <laughs> Uh, term arson um might be buddies with him or something like that mm-hmm. i don't know i mean mm-hmm. a lot of people might be leaving does michael thomas well, say i am i'm gonna leave okay i, let, let I let think me, he me... may want
0: to leave because of sean payton and i I'm think they the, 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 the idea in mind is they want to keep him the saints do if mm-hmm. at, like by any means necessary it sounds like you know that, that they're doing their best ever to, to ultimately retain him but i would not be shocked if he wants to leave especially with breeze now gone and payton too <laughs> But but what makes you think that Teron Armstead's for sure guys? Is it because of the money he's gonna desire, or is it because there's a, a personal sentiment that he may end up wanting to leave and, and move on to a different regime?
1: Well, first off, he's probably gonna command over twenty million dollars a season mm-hmm. um to play tackle. And why would he want to come back? Why would he want to come back when a team when he watched probably watched the Super Bowl and looked at the Bengals offensive line, I'm like, if I'm going if I'm if I'm on the Bengals on in that
0: Super Bowl? I-
3: they probably win that game. Yeah.
0: That's the, that's no, a good point I, I, honestly. Straight up.
3: I, I agree. No. I just had to go back and double check something. I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure what I had said previously was not completely, you know, out there. No, I was I was pretty right. So, uh in his, let's just say 6 seasons in the NFL, Michael Thomas mm-hmm. has played 4 seasons in which he has played at least 15 games. Yeah. Uh then in 2020, he played in 7 mm-hmm. and was relatively ineffective and last season he did not play a single snap yeah mm-hmm. for the that Saints. Ankle. i'm just saying with a guy with that recent track record of injury concerns especially when it's something so lingering mm-hmm. that it's taking multiple procedures and taking away an entire season's worth of play yeah i don't know why the saints would just say yeah we'll foot the bell we'll We'll hold on to that twenty-five million dollar cap hit. We'll eat that when they're seventy-five million. Or well, for with the assumption that the two guys—I mean, let's just say J. Uh, James and Tehran and Trey Quan are off the books—that's sixteen million or seventeen million. They're still what $59, fifty-nine, sixty million over. Wh- why would they try and eat that when you can just trade him off to somebody who is in desperate need of a? number one receiver when healthy or cut him i I Mm -hmm. mean that just doesn't make sense in terms of where this team looks like it's going right now Mm -hmm. which is clearly looking towards a rebuild i mean new head coach you know i fully understand it's the same regime but Mm -hmm. new head coach uh we're talking about a a ton of guys who just might not even be on the team and thing is those three guys that I mentioned, those are only the ones who are uh, restricted or unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. They've got some big restricted free agents that they're, they're going to have mm-hmm. to really decide whether they want to put money into. I mean, Deontay Harris, mm-hmm. Marcus Davenport, like these mm-hmm. are guys that are big pieces on this team, and you're going to have to look at look at them and be like, "Shit, do we let them go to market or what?" Yeah,
1: and a lot now, of teams, and a lot of teams are going to be paying for. A guy like Marcus Davenport and they and in a, a ton of teams, probably more than half, would want to pay up their first round pick to get Michael Thomas on their roster. Like these guys are in command. Same with Marshawn Lattimore. We we don't we talk about him now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, still, I, like those guys, all three of those guys
3: can get at least a first round pick. Yeah, I percent agree. They're all going to fetch a ton, be that in the mm-hmm. trade market or the free agency market. Those guys will fetch a ton. I mean, look, even for Jameis, who even before before the injury, all of a sudden, hey, it looks like this guy could be back. This guy could have revived his career in a mm-hmm. sense. He's going to command more than they're willing to, to give him just because they don't have the money to give him that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean... Look at it like this. How many quarterback-hungry teams are out there that look at this draft and say, I don't think there's a quarterback that's my guy? Mm-hmm. Whereas I could go out there and get a, a guy with proven track record. I'm sorry. You can't be the worst quarterback in the league, throw for 5,000, 30, and 30 in a season. You know what I mean? Like I understand the 30 for 30 is a joke. Like, it's a bit of a meme, mm-hmm. but – He also threw for 5,000 yards in that season. Mm -hmm. Like, he was slinging that ball around. Like, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be a good quarterback to be able to do that at all. I mean, look at it like this. Okay. Um, Denver. Is Denver better next season with the offensive weapons they have plus Jameis? I I think that would be a pretty resounding yeah. Because, I mean, They've got a good O-line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got a ton of receivers. They've mm-hmm. got two good running backs.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They, I mean, if they can put their draft if they can put their draft capital towards a, a little bit more help on defense, I mean, look, they've got a top 15 pick, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, they just lost Vaughn Miller. Don't know about you guys, but a, a nice little Devin Lloyd or a nice little Kobe Dean, throw mm-hmm. that bad boy in there. You're looking at a really darn good team, mm-hmm. especially if you can get Jameis in the open market. Like, uh, do
0: you think that should be the ideal target? And not to get off topic, but do you think that should be the ideal target for the Broncos, um, uh, for their for their quarterback pursuit? You know, uh, that's feasible.
3: Would, it is, sir. Exactly. That's one that's feasible. The talent kind of fits. Like we're talking about mm-hmm. a, a relatively athletic quarterback who's got a strong arm, and we're talking yeah. about a team that's got multiple deep threats. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say right now, just because of where the team is at. It would be smarter for them to go that way versus a kid in the draft. That's yeah. just my thought process. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm writing an article. Actually, I wrote it today. Actually, I got done with it. It's a hypothetical article, like hypothetical trade article. In, in the article, I said a one-for-one swap of Teddy Bridgewater going to Indianapolis and Carson Wentz going to Denver. Just a one-for-one mm-hmm. swap. That would be perfect. Not to. I know, not to. Go I like that idea personally. Not, not, not to go off track about the Saints, but since we're talking mm-hmm. about the Broncos' quarterback situation, that's what I have. I'd ball. like
3: that. I know George probably is like what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? No, like that's not it, that's not so crazy out there. But I mean, uh, Teddy's only under contract for one more season at this point. They can cut Drew Locke. There's a relatively no cap, uh, uh, like recoup from that. I mean and. I don't know. I, actually, no. Teddy's an unrestricted free agent. What am I talking about? They don't have the rights to Teddy anymore. Well, it's still a free um, it's yeah, quite,
0: it's technically until like March, right? Like they're they're under oh. contract till to March, right? I right. can like, can still uh, trade. Uh, right?
3: I don't think no. That's restricted free agents.
0: Oh, is it? When, when, he's when a, no,
3: restricted free agents like you you get to gym where you, you want get to trade the rights someone, you know yeah, but like you also have the like with the restricted you also have the right to like talk to them beforehand, like mm-hmm. that's an open line of communication. UFA, he's unrestricted. He can talk to anybody and go anywhere. I don't think the Broncos have the rights to Teddy's contract. No, but I thought that, that I thought that it becomes active. I
0: could have this wrong, but I thought it becomes active like your free agency would no matter if you're unrestricted or restricted
3: at like it, it, like March. But I could be am it, I wrong about that? I it, I might be wrong about that, but at the same time I mean Carson is under such a big contract like he's under contract still. I like that doesn't make sense for Indianapolis to possibly end up with no quarterback. At that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, with the possibility of UFA, like mm-hmm. it's unrestricted once the free agency opens, why would you trade Carson Wentz for quite literally, possibly nothing? Like, like that, well, you know what I mean? Like, that's well, the...
1: Th- first off, Um, Teddy Bridgewater, like, he's a serviceable quarterback. Like, he's not like... Oh, a... sure. No, no. Yeah, not he's, he's, he's terrible. To by any means, he's you not know? crazy yeah. good. But you're also... The main reason why you're doing it is because, first off, A, you're clearing cap. You're clearing a little cap room. You're also getting a negative piece out there with Carson Wentz. He's a negative piece of that offense. And also, take note of this. Carson, or Carson, uh, the Colts don't really care or don't really use their quarterbacks as often as other teams. Like, they don't rely mm-hmm. on quarterbacks yeah. as other mm-hmm. teams will. So, let's just, you know, clear some cap and maybe get a draft pick in there. Maybe, like, put a, throw a fifth in there or some shit like that. And then... um. Is kind of call it a day but
3: I, no 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 that's i'm that's i'm with you i'm with you on that 100 but i'm not sure that the gm for um excuse me for the colts it's uh, a yeah. ballard Ballard's a quarterback. Ballard, yeah or, yeah mm-hmm. ballard i'm not sure he would like to take that risk in terms of possibly not ending up with a quarterback at the end of it you know what i mean like i like on paper i love the idea but for Ballard, I don't necessarily get the risk in terms of, mm-hmm. okay, I'm getting rid of Carson, which we're going to clear cap room. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting in a solid quarterback. Like, I I mean, 3,000 passing yards in 14 games. I mean, it's not bad by any means. Like, it's mm-hmm. certainly serviceable, especially with the talent they have. Excuse me, hiccups. But <laughs> what if he leaves? Like, oh, there is that, always that... Excuse that possibility of him not staying in Indy. Like, like that's the big thing for me with that. I mean, well, they'll just you.
1: take they'll just take the L on the Carson Wentz trade, and then they'll uh, come back a year later, um, and then figure it out then.
3: Oh God, does that mean a full season of watching Sam Ellinger play with the Colts? I really <laughs> hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. Oh, I my mean, God. as a as a Wisconsin Badgers football fan.
1: Jonathan Taylor would go for 3,000 oh, yeah. yards.
3: Oh, no, no doubt.
0: Because <laughs> they, will they would work just, him into the fucking ground that year
3: with <laughs> him Ellen No Taylor. doubt. There's Short no way that he doesn't. Because there's no way they just say, hey, Sam, slang this thing around for me. Hold
0: it down for the fort. Why don't you, Sam? You know,
3: like. And I like Texas ju- too, but no. So Ellinger ain't it, boss. Juice is with me on that one. Ellinger ain't it, man. He's like, even even my Texas bias, nope, can't <laughs> do, nope.
2: can't do it. And he's, he's like, and, like I, and I don't like I the Colts know? either, but I mean, come on. But all like, oh, no. come on, bro. No, yeah. no. I, I no. mean, <laughs> listen, I'm not I I
0: liked Sam Elinger at Texas and but you know, Jesus, when he did play in the NFL, like I, I ain't defending that shit. Like I'm sorry. We're like, back, football, you know. Shut, Shut up. <laughs> And what I mean by shit is his performance, not him. I like Sam Ellinger. I'm rooting him on. Oh, I'm sure he's a fine guy.
3: I'm sure he's a good dude, but also (laughs) not a good quarterback. Do you, George? No, I think he's – I have no idea. I've never met the guy. Not a good quarterback. He's gone off on on Ian Ian
2: (laughs) (laughs) and now Sam. Sam Look, Ellinger, and then
0: um, who's
3: the other one that you're do? Well, you who's don't like it? Carson Wentz either, so we're talking I mean, about all these guys. Three, I yeah, not really. He's not great. Hey, you want me to throw in like two or three more? I mean, we could start talking about the USFL. Bunch of trash bags playing over there. Oh, oh, sure we'll oh come, get to come
0: that in a on. That's slow. <laughs> that's the USFL, it's another
3: opportunity for them, man. I don't care. I don't like Shea Patterson.
0: Jesus. I actually liked him at Old Mess, believe it
3: or not. I sure um, didn't. When he went to Michigan,
0: like <laughs> oof, it was a little rough, but, um I thought he was on I was thought he was a little bit on the come up, but he couldn't because he had he got he had to deal with some injury issues and all that stuff. But that's that's a different
3: story. Though. Yeah, we're back back to the Saints, <laughs> yeah. possibly uh, back to not
0: that. viciously bashing players, George.
3: Oh, I don't mind. Oh, Ian goodness. Book. Don't Ian Book, I don't care that you're on the roster or not. Teams <laughs> <laughs> <This laughs> is not gonna be as good offensively. No, I think I think the Carson
0: Wentz thing could be interesting, uh, you know, because he's a potential out, um, you know. Well, he has. I'm sorry, the potential out is actually after 2022, so he's still under contract for sure unless they, tra- they have to trade him. Otherwise, they swallow a shit ton of money, the Colts do, um, uh, uh, until potentially after the 2022 season where he could choose to be opting out. Um, so, you know, if they want to trade him, like, that'd be interesting. I don't know what the, like, the Colts were at the, ni- like, nipping at the heels of the playoffs last year, you know. And say what you want about Carson, he did tail off in the you know the twilight of the season. Don't get me wrong; it was an ugly, ugly finish to the year. Where, it, like, I was surprised that they leaned so much on. It should just lean strictly on Jonathan Taylor at the end of the season.
3: Okay. I am curious now that we say this. I want to see what, like, I want to see how much contract they would have to, like, how much cap space they would have to eat. If they they, they actually
0: have a ton of cap space in twenty twenty two. They have actually oh, yeah. thirty five million. The Colts do. Oh
3: no no no! But um, like, if you were to try and just cut him and eat his contract, oh that's an extra fifteen million hit on yeah. top. Oh mm-hmm. mama! Yeah, it's a it's He's a like, lot. Well, to that's deal a <laughs> that's a lot of money because his cap hits already nearly thirty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah no exactly <laughs> you know there's 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 a lot of uh, a lot of pills to swallow with this one. Um, what, what In your guys' eyes, what are the strengths and weaknesses that stand out to you um, for what you know about Dennis Allen uh, that he brings to the table for the Saints? Um, um, we'll start with you, uh, uh, Junior.
2: I mean, well, he's a defensive guy. Um, it's like you said, you know, he's uh, he's been there. I believe he was there when they won the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. He, he was. Um, he, had a, he, so, had a, he had a
0: first tenure with the Saints, and then he, he went to the Raiders and then had a second tenure with the Saints. Yep.
2: So, I mean, he's familiar with them, you know, said he's defensive guy. Um, it's looks like it might be the same, like I said, uh, offensive system, but like I said, the key thing is what are they gonna do? They're gonna keep Jameis. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, we know defense usually wins championships, but I mean, you gotta have an offense that can put up some points as well. So mm-hmm. um be interesting to see what you know happens there
0: yeah absolutely um and george what about you what strengths or concerns do you think he brings to the table with this one
3: honestly like i'm with juice on this one i I think he hit the nail kind of right on the head with that uh you know there's a lot of consistency going in with the defensive scheme and system even though uh he is gonna uh, he did bring in a, a defensive coordinator already Correct.
0: Yeah, uh, he's. Or did um, he promote someone gosh, from inside again? Yeah, he. Well, he promoted someone from inside. The expectation is going to be co-defensive oh. coordinators with Ryan Nielsen, who's the def, uh, de- defensive line coach, and then uh, uh, Chris Richard. Excuse me, Chris Richard. I think it's, Chris Richard. I think is how you say his last name.
3: So um, pretty much the DB's coach. You know. Yeah. So we're talking about a defense that should look very yeah. similar. Mm -hmm. if not exactly the same. So, you know, that's the big thing is what I like about the move, uh, what strength I think he brings in, is there's going to be a lot of consistency. Mm -hmm. There's going to be that continuity from the past regime, which I think, in a sense, is a good thing. But at the same time, you know, this is a team that, even when it's gotten to the playoffs in the last couple years, one way or another, they've found ways to lose, you know. Mm -hmm. They've always... Ah, I fully understand all the refs, blah blah blah. But thing is, they were they put themselves in the position mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. officials to to screw things up. You know, if you're not in that position in the first place, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. That's so, a great
0: point, honestly. Yeah,
3: you know, in the fact that they didn't bring any new fresh air, they didn't bring in you know a, a new type of ideology, a new thought process. Mm-hmm. Is kind of worrying in a sense that we're just gonna see stagnation. We're gonna see mm-hmm. more of the same, which is at the end of the day, a lack of end results, a lack of success. As much as I love Sean Payton, and as much as you know it was awesome, you know, seeing them win, you know, at this point, what a, over a decade and a half ago. Or I mean we're getting yeah. there. We're, we're oh, when they getting... last
0: won the Super Bowl, yeah.
3: Yes, the mm-hmm. last time the last oh, time they went, even you know, precisely the last time they got to that game it has been over 10 years mm-hmm. you know we're mm-hmm. we're talking we're going on 15 years since then and for them to realistically be trying to keep the same pieces in place to try and go back to the super bowl i i just don't see that as a great game plan at mm-hmm. the end of the day and that's that's much less about him as a coach and more about the idea and the thought process behind bringing him into head coach in the general sense which you know that of course that's that's not bashing him as a coach but clearly there wasn't there has been an issue mm-hmm. at hand in some part of this team some fatal flaw that has kept them from the super bowl that has kept them from the big game and just trying to keep everything exactly the same isn't addressing the problem it mm-hmm. isn't trying to actively fix a possibly broken cog in the machine. That's the thing that I don't like about it. It feels like they're just they're not taking a step forward, they're not taking a step back. They're just taking a step sideways. And yeah, without taking that step forward, I I don't know if they're going to make the Super Bowl with with Dennis Allen as the coach.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a little worrisome, I think, uh, right now. I think the Saints uh, fans feel like their backs are up against the wall, and <laughs> this may be going back to the Aints days where they weren't bags on their heads. Like I think there's a little bit of a worry about that right now. Uh, would say you, Josh, about the uh, strengths and concerns that uh, he brings to the table?
1: Um, I think the strengths are definitely the linebackers. I mean, DeMaru Davis kind of got his career up and going. He was yep. kind of He's shadowing down, and then he got hired or he got signed there, and then – Obviously, uh, Demario Davis has been an all-pro. He's been a top 10, yes. top 15 linebacker. Very good
0: linebacker.
1: Very good. When going on the Saints. I think my concern with him, though, is I think he might get canned after one year. Really? I think I think this is more like the um, enemy, Leftwich, Flores are all not going to get jobs. And let's just hire a, a dude. And then let's just come back here next year. And let's say... Left witch does really good with whoever the hell they have at quarterback in 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 Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And then they just hire Leftwich or they hire B. Enemy, or they hire Brian Flores, or they hire some other, you know, dude. I don't think he stays that often. Now the big that's my biggest concern with it. Um I don't think the Saints are gonna be that good. I mean, they're just gonna be like a whatever type of team. Yeah. They're they're gonna be like a whatever type of team like the Dolphins or something like that this past year. Oh really? Oh oh, main yeah. past
0: year. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah,
1: like they're just gonna be like, all right, whatever. Like you're there, but you're like we don't care about you. I that's just what I feel with the Saints.
0: <laughs> who gives a fuck? You know? Like who gi- like yeah,
1: like who gives a shit where who you are? Like the Vikings this past year. Who gives yeah? A, yeah who that's who what gives, they became. Who gives, you know? who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, so <laughs> that's just kind of what I feel like they're gonna be doing. And then mm-hmm. also with all their cap situations and players leaving and players coming in and all that shit show type of crap.
3: Yeah. It's just
1: going to be like, who even cares about your team, dude? That's just what the saints are going to be like this mm-hmm. the next coming years. And honestly, it's just going to spark another rebuild in a year from now. They're going to have mm-hmm. a new head coach and then they're going to spark a rebuild and they're going to retool and whatnot. That's just yeah. what
3: I see from them.
0: No, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's going to be really, really rough. Did you have something you want to say, George?
3: No, I mean, that, that's one of those things where when you say rebuild and retool, like, I can't even look at this and say that it's a true rebuild. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's pretty clear that it's a weird
0: situation for me, you know? I don't know.
3: Maybe it just feels like it's a big question
0: mark all around, you know?
3: It's one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. We're rebuilding, we're retooling mm-hmm. this roster. By the way, we have the same general manager, a coach. Our new head yeah. coach is from the same coaching tree. And by coaching tree, I mean he already worked here. Offensive coordinator, no, we're not changing him either. We'll keep him the same. Defensive mm-hmm. guys, Yeah. also from in the building. We don't yeah. have to get anybody to move. Um, uh, Players, well, we have a bunch of guys under contract. Are we over the cap? 100%. Are we going to do much about it? Probably not. We're just gonna, you know, finagle it like we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterback, eh, we'll figure that out when we get there. It, it seems like, like I said, it seems like this team is is just so stuck in place that it's going to take other teams performing exceptionally poorly, mm-hmm. like just out of nowhere, for this team to do anything. Like if 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 the Bucks all of a sudden just shit the bed and they're the worst team in the NFC South. And so are the Panthers, and so are the Falcons. If all three of those other teams just all of a sudden are horrible, like worse than before horrible, Mm -hmm. that is to me the only way the Saints actually have an opportunity or a real chance to win this division.
1: Yeah. There's a lot the of what ifs. The, the NFC South is going to be like a freaking a six, a 7 when football team is going to get it's in
0: there. It's going to be the NFC. I mean, whatever the, the I don't know what the the substitute for the NFC least you know type of adjective is or the phrase is, but it's going to be that essentially. Okay, it's going to be a shit show. You know? <laughs> It's, oh gosh. I mean, you know, with, with Dennis Allen, like I want to see him thrive. You know, it, it was really rough. Like he was part of the Raiders pre-Derek Carr, kind of pre-Derek Carr. He coached Derek Carr for four games and then that was it. It was a wrap after that. Um, because that was his final year there. He had previously coached in the previous two years during the the, the illustrious Matt McGloin era, and the the Carson, we- uh, the I'm sorry, the Carson Palmer uh, uh, pre rejuvenation era, you know, with the Raiders. So it was a really weird era, and even the twilight of Darren McFadden's days, which you know early on they showed a lot of promise, and then when he, had, uh, I, th- I believe he had, it was a torn ACL that totally changed his career tra- tra- trajectory. Um, it was a very some very dark days uh, uh, for him to get going. In the latter part of his career with the raiders but um in terms of production but uh yeah you know so he was he, it was really rough for dennis allen uh, but at the same time like you have to wonder like how much of an offensive grasp does he have how, uh, uh, you know uh, how much of an understanding does he grasp of of how the offense needs to function in this uh, uh day and age you know from a head coaching standpoint because he's going to have to monitor that whether he's the defensive you know previous defensive coordinator or not you know that's going to focus predominantly on the defense it's still going to fall under his umbrella of focus of what he needs to address uh, game in and game out. So you know that's something that really needs to you know come into his mind regularly uh, for him to thrive. And and I just have a little bit of concerns a little bit of a concern you know in addition to the cap space, uh, in addition to his previous tenure with the Raiders, this is also someone who you know when I saw him in the press conference. He kind of said that he used a lot of this, you know, you know, the typical verbiage you hear And with all due respect to him because he's a great leader and a lot of people uh, vibe with him, you know, within that Saints organization and within previous organizations. They really do respect him from a leadership standpoint, but it's just a lot of the same verbiage you hear uh, uh, in every introductory press conference. We got to run the ball effectively. We can't turn the ball over. We got to play. We got to execute big plays and all of that. It's like, OK, well. What what makes us want to invest in, in believing that you know more than that kind of blanket statement? Because it's a very blanket statement, to be real. You know, it's 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 a very typical generic statement. You know, we got to do everything to make an offense thrive. But how are you going to make the offense thrive? You can say what you want to accomplish, but how do you want to do it? And I think that's the big thing with him because, um, you know, we didn't see that with the Raiders. We didn't see that at all. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how he navigates that the second time around. Um, you know, it's a shame that Tom Brady retired because that could potentially guarantee him two wins for next year for damn sure. Because I mean, the guy was four and one against them. You know, ever since he joined the division. Um, but uh, you know, now that he's not, like, <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a setback, I think, to some degree, because he had the exact blueprint to shut him down when he needed to. Um, and so I, you know, I'd say that one, obviously, the the, the, the well, the one that mattered the most was in the playoffs. But still, 4-1 and one speaks for itself. That's a damn good record to have against arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but, you know, he plays a lot of cover one. He plays a lot of nickel. So expect to see that defensively. Um, and I'm hopeful that he actually retains when it comes to the salary cap, that he retains the secondary if he can, because that's a vital piece to this organization uh, to want to maintain. They're still young with the exception of really Ma- Malcolm Jenkins, but you still have Paulson Adebo. Obviously, Marcus Williams and, and Marshawn Latimer are two elite guys in the secondary. Um, and I would like to see him retain the offensive line personally. Uh, um, you know, uh, Brian Ramchick, Andrews Pete, it's uh, and, and Ron Armstead. Ron Armstead is the, literally the, you know, NFL combine wise, the fastest offensive lineman in the entire NFL uh, uh, 40 wise. Like he's, it's it's insane what he was, you know, how, how quick he is off the ball, how elite he is when he is healthy. And, and that's the key thing also, because he's also been played with injuries, but he's still worth the price. So for anyone who out there, who is interested in him, it's going to be worth the price to sign him. He's that damn good of a left tackle. Like after the Trent Williams, the, you know, the, you know, the Tyron Smiths of of the world and the David Bakhtiaris, he's probably the next guy in line uh, uh, when it comes to, to, to left tackle play out there. So uh, find a way to retain him. I think it's, it's very imperative, honestly. Um, but, but you know, with other guys, I, I would also say Cam Jordan, too. With other guys, though, with, like, um, Cam Jordan uh, – uh, I'm sorry, with uh, um, uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, I wouldn't blame them if they moved on from them, honestly. You know, and considering the caps cap hit that they, the, 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 they'll be accounting for, too, uh, that's going to be also, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, relevant to why they may want to end up moving on from them because – Kamara also going with the the legal issues. He's also been, you know, on decline this past year. I mean, he averaged only 3.7 yards per carry uh, this past season. Really didn't get that explosivity going uh, this year. And and Michael Thomas, you know, going through injury concerns, obviously, with the ankle surgery. And it doesn't seem like he wants to be there. You know, I I never really got that vibe that he really does. He's fully invested in wanting to be there. I think he wants to go to a different regime. And and to be honest, in part, I don't necessarily blame because, you know, you lose someone like a Drew Brees and you lose someone like a Sean Payton, it totally shifts your identity. You know, even though they are keeping a lot of other guys, those are two huge cogs in your organization to end up moving on from. So it's just going to be really interesting to see, uh, uh, you know, what they do moving forward. Uh, um, you know, I I fully invest in his defensive, you know, understanding. I mean, Dennis Allen is excellent, you know, in regards to understanding how a defense needs to function. Um, They do have eight picks in the draft this year, including two fourth rounders. Uh, so that's something also to take into account. But I have to say, I, you know, with all this taking into account, I think the Saints are in for a rough, you know, stretch for a couple of years. I really think they could be Bottom dwellers in that NFC South, um, because of the all of these things that 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 we've discussed thus far. Um, there's just too much to juggle at this point, um, and even D- Jameis Winston, he's so hot and cold. You know, he's he's almost like the J the new J colour of the NFL. Like, you don't know what you're exactly gonna get from him. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how they navigate it. I mean, I'm hopeful that Dennis Allen learns the second time around, but you know, for his sake, but. There's a lot of what ifs, a lot of what ifs with this one and that's why I really wanted to talk about this one. But moving on to our next NFL head coaching change. We're going to talk Lovey Smith going uh, becoming uh, uh, the, the brand new head coach for the third time around in his career cuz he previously coached my Chicago Bears and of course the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a couple years. Now third time third time around going to be the head coach for the Houston Texans uh beginning in 2022. Uh, I have to ask though, you know, uh Texans have a little bit of wiggle room, you know, when it comes to salary cap space. I believe they have about, I want to say it's about 35 million in cap space. Yeah, heading into 2022. But their roster, Jesus, it is an absolute dumpster fire uh, right now, uh, to say the least. Uh, how much of an overhaul are we expecting with GM Nick Casario to help Lovey Smith thrive and get going to turn this franchise around? That's it's really just been the dumpster of the last couple of years. We'll start with you, Juice.
2: Man, um you know how Josh was saying earlier he thinks Dennis Allen could be one and done? Um mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen with Lovey, but we just saw it happen with David Cooley, you know, there yeah, in in, exactly. uh, in Houston. Um it might not though. It's simple reason because Lovey, you know, this is his third go around, and he was with the Bears for what eight nine seasons, I believe. Yeah, Maybe nine seasons. Yep, two thousand four to you know? two thousand twelve. Yeah. Um. So you know he's done it before. Um. But yeah, um, it's gonna be the same thing with them. You know, they need a quarterback. Is Davis Mills, you know, the answer there? Possibly. Um. <laughs> With Deshaun, with Deshaun Watson, you know they get his legal issues, you know squared away. They can yeah. trade him and get, you know, a couple of firsts, you know, depending on what happens there. Um, I don't see them keeping him if his legal issues get uh, settled, but you never know. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like they just don't need one thing; they need a complete overhaul. You know, like you said. Yeah. Um, so who knows, uh, what they're going to do? You know, love. a defensive guy. So, Hey, maybe they start with that. Then they have the third pick, I think in the draft. So, you know, that will help them, you know, if they want to get a defensive guy, uh, Thibodeau from Oregon or Hutchinson from Michigan, if he's there. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think Jacksonville, if they're smart, if they're going to go line protect trevor lawrence which we can address that when we talk about peterson um but yeah i mean they just need a lot of help um and casario will be interesting to see what he does you know um yeah so
0: yeah you know it's it's i mean the the texans man i mean i'm just thinking about the curse of it's such a fucking mess right now Uh, bad oh God! People. Like that is the last organization. You know, it's funny. We just talked about the Bengals being that organization that no one wants to play for. That, that's the Texans now. They've taken that torch from them. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just an absolute. Yeah, it's been an absolute mess uh, for them. And you know, the, the roster of um, is is it, Do you share the same sentiment, uh, Josh, in terms of the overhaul that's needed for this roster for for Lovey to, to ultimately thrive in a third time around as head coach?
1: Um. Well, same thing about. Dennis Allen, I'm going to say about Lovey Smith. It's just a plug-and-play type of scenario where, you know, we didn't really like Dennis Cully or Dennis Cully. David Cully. Uh, yeah. D- Dennis Cully. Um, <laughs> okay. But literally, it's going to last two years and mm-hmm. then they're going to hire some other dude. Uh, the hot new offensive coordinator, perhaps. I mean, that's just what they're going to do. It's a long-term rebuild. It's, it's not going to go overnight or anything that it's going to take years and multiple years, maybe at least, at least two, three years to get this team around. I mean, literally my goodness detections have literally nothing at all to like. Um, but again, a Deshaun Watson thing, I actually have two trades. I'm not going to, if you want me to say them, I can, but it's up to you. Um,
0: if you want to see this is for an article that you're posting
1: yes I am okay. or yes it's it is deal. um but again if they trade Deshaun Watson away they're that's going to jump start that rebuild um yeah. if they do and he's not Deshaun, coming back Hell no. and <laughs> I love I love Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson he's a yeah. top oh, five yeah. quarterback in my opinion no, top no. three he's a top Probably, three no. quarterback in my opinion mm-hmm. um when he plays but again Levy Smith is not gonna be here too long. He's just gonna be a mentor to some players and all that. He's gonna be the big the big brother of the scenario here. He's gonna coach some people up. He's gonna have the roster kind of under control and whatnot. Have the locker room under control. And that's just kind of what he's gonna do. Now, I will say this though. Levy Smith was a really good coach. Or really good or yeah, really good coach for the Texans uh, in 2021. He was really good, like really, really, really good. And, you know, again, I don't know if he stays. I don't know if he doesn't. But again, as Drew said, time will tell about it. So that's all about Lovey Smith.
0: Yeah, no, it's, 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 he's in for uh,
1: potentially a rough one. I thought I had heard you say,
0: though, that you were optimistic about Lovey Smith, that you thought it was a really good hire for them to bring him in. Am I wrong about that?
1: No, you're not. I love, th- I I love the, I love the Lovey Smith hire. Um, and, and Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. that's yep. really good as that's well. Great. He might actually be the future head coach of it. Cause Pep Hamilton,
3: Interesting he coached
1: yeah. Justin Herbert's rookie year. And then now he coached uh, Davis mills rookie year. And both of those guys looked really mm-hmm. good. Like Justin Herbert was the best quarterback rookie quarterback of 2020. And then obviously Davis mills was probably second best debatably first best for, uh, obviously Mac Jones and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but he was really good. Like he made some really good, nice quality throws that yeah. a lot of rookies would not be making.
0: Yeah. Especially in the second half of the season, for sure. Yeah. He did George pass
2: for over 300 yards against a Belichick defense. So he did. And yeah.
0: Head. He's, he's got it, man. I was thoroughly impressed with him in the second half of the season. He certainly came alive. Uh, George, what about you how much of an overhaul do you think is necessary for for them to really initiate some success and turn this franchise around
3: uh, uh I mean it, it's gotta be a lot right uh, I mean like simply so. part, <laughs> I'm looking at this roster on like mm-hmm. a couple different places like I'm looking at the depth chart where it's real easy I'm looking at the numbers the 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 cap and all that stuff mm-hmm. man it is. It it, it yeah. is, inter- it is <laughs> interesting. Down, in a, down hey, That's in that's my still. reaction. You know, I would say right now the only like, and it's only like fifty percent. Like, if someone mm-hmm. gave, came to you with a good enough offer, fuck it, move anybody on this team. Mm-hmm. The only guy that has like to me a semblance of like shouldn't really be touchable to me is probably Laramie Tunsil. Like. Having a stud left tackle is so important, especially for a young quarterback, but literally everyone else on this roster, I could not give less of a shit about. Wait,
0: not Brandon Cooks, though? We we'll won't find him a, a permanent home for once.
2: I think someone I mean, would trade for cooks or oh like sure get something. Oh of course. With. The guy's
0: always on the move. I just he's such go, a bummer though I, that he's like, I'm not finding him back in New England, actually. You know, unless yeah. they don't that,
2: get a fir-
1: unless they don't get a first round pick from, I don't see him getting moved one at all. I could see that, yeah.
3: Uh it, it, I could it, also see that, but to me that's one of those things where depending on if they can get like a small package in terms of, like, picks and players. If they can get a roster player that they like, I don't see why not. I mean, at least start bringing in guys for a quote-unquote new start, a new regime, because that's what that ownership group wants us to believe, even though that's... We all know that's not happening. (laughs) There, I mean, come on, guys. Like, let's... Let's let's give it to him straight. <laughs> Josh, I think you're a hundred percent right in terms this is just another stepping stone for this team because they haven't shown any like really idea or thought process behinding you know, behind leaving a, a sense of consistency since firing Bill O'Brien after he absolutely ruined the talent pool that this team has to draw from. The only thing he left on the cupboard is Deshaun Watson, and I don't think we need to get into that again. Yeah. For a couple different reasons. (laughs) Namely, I don't want to play here. Like, I think that's the biggest one. one. Him saying, I don't want to play for you anymore. Didn't he want to
1: play for them if they got Eric me? I thought... I I I think I I heard
3: heard that. But here's the kicker.
2: They didn't. That's the thing. And that tells you, if your star quarterback wants someone like that why in the hell would you not go and get Eric enemy if your mm-hmm. franchise who just paid said i want that guy here and they did well the i think they didn't
1: hire I think they didn't hire b enemy because the watson things came up and i think they were probably going to and they just said we're not doing that you know when the watson things came up
3: but, like, other than that, but, like... My still. thing is, I still don't see the downside. Like, the the downside of not doing that is essentially looking at your quarterback in the face and doing that versus doing what your star quarterback wants. And keep in mind, this is a star quarterback with all the off-field issues, mm-hmm. has consistently stated, I did nothing wrong. I should not be in this situation. hmm we all can't say one way or the other, whether yeah, yeah. that's not, we weren't, we're not in the room. We're not flies yeah. on the wall. But at the same time, what this team did was is essentially say, okay, you're having all field issues. We're going to do what we want. And all Deshaun Watson said is, all right, if that's how you're going to be about it, I don't want to play here anymore. And as we've seen in other sports, a huge motivating factor on how good a player can be is and is, is whether or not they're in a place they actually feel valued and want to play. Uh, To me, it's as simple as that. The Mm -hmm. only person on this roster that I would say is relatively untouchable going forward, because as much as I like Brandon Cooks and as good as a wide receiver he is, um, his production can be replaced by a guy that you get in the draft. Mm-hmm. That level of production, which is high-end, I mean, look look at these guys. Look at some of these guys coming into the league this year. You have a ton of wide receiver talent. You've got guys that can produce to that same level, if not better, on a rookie contract versus paying a guy almost $20 million a season. Mm-hmm. The yeah. only guy that I would say right now in the draft who I mean, if you, you have number three, you can do what you want. I mean, shoot, mm-hmm. trade Laramie Tunsil, but if, if you don't pick someone like Ikema Kwonu, you've made a mistake. You've clearly made a mistake. That's the only thing I can say, because left tackles are, I understand, there's a lot of them in the league, but the good ones are far and few in between. So, I mean, the way I look at this roster, this is a cupboard that has been stripped bone dry. The only way that they're going to be able to do it, if you ask me, is hope and pray cross your fingers make the sign of the cross that some guys want to come in free agency uh or or have a banging draft just have like start drafting exceptionally well and making sure that all these guys are getting are you're getting our hits because if not i think this is going to struggle for the next couple years well, you know,
0: I will say this. Going back to what we were talking about with head coaching uh, interviews, the, the list of guys they interviewed were Brian Flores, Heinz Ward, Joe Lombardi, Jonathan Gannon, uh, who was the coordinator uh, over in uh, Philadelphia, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams, Josh McCown, and then obviously
3: Lovey Smith.
0: So they didn't even interview Biennium for the job. They actually interviewed him, I remember, last
3: year for the yeah. job. And then no, no, no. I, I, I think him. that's that's what Josh that's was what getting at. That, that's what Josh was getting to. Okay. Getting I, I thought yeah. I
0: heard that, you know, they, they like – why didn't they offer them the job? Because I think it was, I was just explaining that yeah, they didn't offer them the job because they, they you know, didn't even conduct the interview with them. It's just no, which uh, is shocking Josh, to me. You know? Josh,
3: like, correct me if I'm wrong. You meant that four last season before they hired Cully, correct? Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, my mistake. Yeah, I, I didn't want that, to. That's what I was get like, gotcha. pulling from with, with my mm-hmm. thought process. But I mean, look, the way I look at this roster, they need a lot, and it's yeah. going to take a lot of work to get a lot. I'll just mm-hmm. put it like that. Hey. The thing is, I hate it because they don't have that much cap space. Uh, they're working with. Um, about... It's not the worst. They have like thirty-five million. No, you know? it's eighteen. Eighteen for the Texans? Yeah, they've got thirty-five we... in dead cap.
0: Are you sure about that? I thought I read. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it okay? I thought I read uh, thirty-five. My mistake.
3: Or I mean, keep in mind for everybody. I'll I'll, I'll just you know uh, I'm using Spot Track or Spot Track. Oh, my mistake. My... I read that wrong. That was right. That was eight. That's right. It was a. Uh, um, yeah, 16, they've got eighteen million. I'm seeing eighteen, eighteen million eight hundred thousand. Give or take for cap space. Uh yeah. they've got thirty-five million held up in dead cap between Shaq Lawson, Whitney Merciless, Zach Cunningham. Like you've got some names on there that were owed quite a bit of money.
2: Yeah.
0: Sorry, Juice, you, you were but, gonna say something though.
2: You
3: no, know, he George had mentioned
2: Tunsil, you know, that you know he's a stud left tackle, so you don't want to get rid of him, or that's the only one that could probably get you anything. But remember Tones cost him two first-round picks. Also, mm-hmm. high ones as well. You
3: know, yeah. so. Look, hey, but you know who that was? Remember who that was. K- keep in mind who that was who traded, who made that trade. O'Brien. Yeah. Big old yep. Bill. <laughs> Bob. Bob. Yeah. And he tra- and Don't and forget.
2: Still, and Say it. Say it for how, the people. And I still don't know how you trade DeAndre yeah. Hopkins and don't get out of the first-round pick.
0: I mean that's just I mean if, if that that's that that's the kind of stupid ass move that the face palm emoji was made for you know like honestly like it really just boggled my mind why the hell he did that it, for mm-hmm. for because it was in in return they got David Johnson and I think it was Brandon Cooks as well was part of that trade no, no I think, Brandon I know Cooks was, no, was no, I'm
3: a f- Cooks. Uh, FA. Uh, I was like a second, a second, or or like, pick, I believe. It was like a second. Yeah, that's it was all they David got Johnson
0: I got in part of that trade. I remember,
3: yeah, David and Johnson, I think, is a free agent or something this year because yeah, I
2: remember yeah. saying you got a second and David Johnson for probably I don't know if not the top receiver in the game, second or third at that time. Poor <coughs>
1: man.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Cooks didn't. Cooks ended up signing with uh, um, wait, well, actually, okay. Well, I guess yeah. No, I, I guess yeah. He did sign. No, no no, wait, They did trade him. They did, he was part of the Rams traded Brandon Cooks to the Texans. So he was part of a trade. It wasn't a free agency, I guess. But but either way, though, still, uh, um, you know, and I love Brandon Cooks, but he's not exactly uh, the uh, uh, the ideal replacement for someone like De- Deandre Hopkins. But mm-hmm. not quite the you know the the equivalent replacement for DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably you know a top five receiver in the league. George good good. Your your uh, backgrounds all over the place. Can you hear us?
1: I loved. <laughs> yeah, I think he I got
0: upset. He, <laughs> he got upset? No, 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 no. I'm just okay. No, just... I was looking at <laughs> my computer. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see what happened. But <laughs> I just, I just look up, and his like his thing was uh, um, uh, kind of out of whack. I think he, maybe he's probably going through issues with his mixer or something. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, going back to this, uh, you know, for you guys too. At the same time, what 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 concerns or strengths does he bring to the table that you know really stood out to you? Uh, um, when they brought him in, I mean, you talk, you know, obviously, Josh, you talked about him possibly being a bridge coach, you know, where they're they probably going to be not he's not he's probably unfortunately not going to last long, and it's in large part, I think, you know, because of the situation he found himself in with his Texans, uh, uh um, you know, you know, with the, with the Texans roster and so on and so forth, and just the organization as a whole. Um, do, what strengths and concerns does he bring to the table in your eyes, though?
1: Um, I think he brings. Um... The coaching ability, of course, uh, being in the league for a long time, um, the roster building, and all that. Um, he also brings in um, obviously good experience along with there, um, and also just keeping everybody intact. I mean, all the time when you see with crappy teams is that the coach is always you know one players like this, one players like that. He's going to bring the team together and all that. He's going to bring the team, you know. From splitting apart to coming together and all that. And I think that's the greatest thing um that he brings. And that's what they need. And that's what they didn't have with uh David Cully was that leadership up in there.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um no I just Georgia take a cop um, uh, Yeah. <laughs> And as always, mandate. I'm just as
3: as always, I'm just ruining everybody's night in the chat. As no, always. you're all good. You're all
0: good. <laughs> it's great. Um, no, uh, we're just getting into uh, head, yeah I, you know, head coach concerns and uh, strengths for for uh, you know for, what. Uh, what Smith brings to the table for the Texans. Um, we'll go to you, Juice, though next. Um, you know what, what what stands out to you of like uh, uh, maybe what brings you promise or what brings you a lot of hesitation about this hire.
2: Well, I mean, I agree with Josh that you know. His thing is, uh Lovey. He's been a head coach before. You know, this is yeah. his third time. Mm-hmm. He was there this past year, and Josh said it earlier. Like he did a good mm-hmm. job coaching. You know, the defense mm-hmm. this season. Um, yeah, considering the talent they, they had. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they won four games, I think, and there was mm-hmm. a couple of other ones. They, I remember, they could have beat New England. You know, too. New mm-hmm. England pulled it mm-hmm. off. You know, I was mm-hmm. watching that game and pissed off because <laughs> New England should have won that and. You yeah. know they play them tough. Um, remember, they beat Tennessee in Tennessee um, this past season. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I think it's a good, a good, uh, a good hire. Like Josh said, it's probably just going to be for a couple of seasons, and then they'll get you know someone else. But mm-hmm. um, I, I like it too. You know, he's like he's going to keep the team together. You know, and you know if they can get they can get the Deshaun situation settled and get Mm -hmm. picks that rebuild will start a lot faster. Um, and if he can just get some players and if they can hit on the draft, you know, they may be a little bit more competitive and win more than four games this coming season. But, um, I like, I like the move. Um, and you know, if he can start, improving and win some games maybe he he stays longer than a couple of seasons once they get the mm-hmm. players and you know the team um and casario gets the guys he wants you know yeah so mm-hmm. yeah
0: because yeah i think he's still trying to you know dig himself out of the rut that uh <laughs> that bob put them that in. Bob, you know, with- <laughs> yeah.
2: that was horrible
0: that was just not a good decision to make him GM. And do I'm not, not ever make fan, Bill O'Brien a GM again, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that was horrible. It's, it was rough, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, George, what do, you, what do you take away from the strengths or weaknesses that uh, uh, Levy Smith brings? Or I should say strengths or concerns that uh, Levy Smith brings to the table for this Texans organization?
3: Honestly, I don't really have that many concerns about it. Uh, I, I think it really is a, a good hire at the end of the day. I think it adds that, like, a good level of consistency to a team that is desperately in need of mm-hmm. consistency, whereas with the Saints, it was the opposite situation. They are really in need of a refresh, mm-hmm. whereas Houston has had a ton of turnover over the last two three seasons. They could really use a, a strong leader, a guy who has experience, mm-hmm. and someone who can really command the room, and I think they have just that in Lovey Smith. I, I like the hire a lot, Um, The thing I don't like about the Texans, as I think we previously kind of got to, Mm -hmm. is a roster. So I I think that's the biggest concern because I I don't think Lovey Smith necessarily has a lot of concerns to his leadership style, his game. I mean, shoot, he's been to a couple Super Bowls. he coached this defense exceptionally well mm-hmm. last season. I mean, they were in, they won a bunch of games, and they were in a bunch of games that they probably shouldn't have been. And a lot of that came down to how well that defense played, even though they were relatively devoid of talent.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So I, I really like the the hiring of Lovey Smith. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a really smart guy. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, as much as I really like him and as much as I think that the Texans really like him, I don't have a great feeling about his tenure because of the concerns with the front office, because of the concerns with the Sean Watson and because of the roster is just kind of bad. Like yeah. right, oh, very as, it's, bad. <laughs> as it's currently constructed, it's not very good. Like there, there's yeah. not a ton of talent uh, kind of up and no. down this roster, not a mm-hmm. lot of depth. Uh, I, I think Lovey will probably be able to get more out of it. Now that he's actually at the helm, uh, as much as I think David Culley did a good job, mm-hmm. I, I really did. Um, but, I thought he
0: did a good job too, considering you know, all the circumstances. Most definitely,
3: I like Pep. I, I actually, I really like Pep. Yeah, Pep's a, mm-hmm. Pep was a great pick. <laughs> that was a great. Um, yeah, to, you know, retain him for sure. And um, uh, man, it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting because they have a little bit of wiggle room. But they also actually have draft capital for the first time in like a decade since Bill O'Brien was has been there. So uh, I I think it'll be really interesting to see how this uh, how this team kind of shakes out and how the roster ends up. But I, you I see wanna... him
0: being oh sorry go ahead Josh.
1: I want I just want to I I don't know if we should talk about this later or whatever you want to say but I want to first off say we should have put Keegan Crawford on this. Talk about the Texans. We I know, right? I, I was
0: trying to, but he, he got it caught up with words. I think you're, I, yeah, I think he got caught up with yeah. words. And so. then also, yeah.
1: I wanted to yeah. tell tell you about the two trade offers, but that can be um as like a little send off. So yeah,
0: sure, yeah, we can see that in a bit. Yeah, um, no, it's it's uh you know with this Texans team. So, so you think he's going to be a uh, uh, likely a bridge coach though, uh,
3: George? It's likely. Um, I I hope it's not like for his sake, just because mm-hmm. I think he yeah. is a really good head coach and he certainly deserves um, a head coaching gig at this level. But unfortunately with the team, as it's currently built and with all the turnover, mm-hmm. I sadly do think it'll end up being um, a holdover, like a bridge. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm wishing the best for him. Cause you know, that was my coach for the bears. You know, when I first started watching football, he was my first coach coach. That I got to see coach my Chicago Bears, so I, I have a ton of love for Lovey Smith, um, considering what he accomplished there. You know, in, in spite of Rex Grossman, I want to say honestly, because <laughs> Jesus, that was like wow. But at the same time, like you know, he like he fell under his umbrella of like who he was managing, who he who he was working, her who he was working with, who he's trying to grow and develop, and so I kind of hold it to to him that like. Why didn't you develop Rex Grossman to a better quarterback? Why didn't you develop Jay Cutler into a better quarterback? Why didn't Jameis Winston hit the ground, you know, hit the ground running, you know, in his rookie? I mean, it was his rookie year. Uh, I take that into account, no doubt about it. But we're also seeing at the same time rookie quarterbacks thrive instantaneously. Look at Justin Herbert, for instance. Look at look at Baker Mayfield, for instance, uh, in his rookie year. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, so on and so forth. So. I do have a lot of concerns about him from a, a quarterback development standpoint. Defensively, he's brilliant. I mean, this is the guy who revolutionized NFL defenses with the Tampa 2 defense during his time with Tampa Bay when he was coaching linebackers and, and made Derek Brooks basically the face of cover 2, you know, and, and how innovative that, like, you know, they really made it to, to be a very thriving defensive uh, defensive scheme. Um, And, you know, like George had said, he has been to a couple of Super Bowls, obviously, with my Bears and and previously was a defensive coordinator for the Rams uh, back in 2001 when they narrowly lost to the Patriots. So he's got a a certainly a a healthy reputation and a healthy track record. And I honestly thought that he kind of got snubbed of a longer opportunity with the Buccaneers when he was there. But I do have my concerns because I I feel like there may be a sense of regression from uh, um, his understanding from an offensive standpoint. Um, in light of what we saw with Jay Cutler, you know, t- towards the end of his time uh, in Chicago and then or the second half of his time in Chicago. And then, you know, uh, you know, he also coached the University of Illinois, you know, the fighting Ill- uh, Illini and, and didn't have the t- tremendous amount of success there despite coaching there for I believe it was about four and a half seasons. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So those are where my concerns predominantly lie with him. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, and I kind of heard that in the in the press conference where he was kind of saying, kind of saying, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to coach this defense to be ferocious and physical, and we're going to learn how to run the football. And yeah, the quarterback's important, but we're going to learn how to be physical running the football. And it's like, dude, you preach that same stuff when you were coming in with <laughs> the Bears and with other teams too, like even with Tampa Bay when you had Doug Martin there, and we didn't see the quarterback take that next level step um, under your tutelage, under your you know your, your regime. And so I, I just I, there's a lot of concern I have with that, with him coming in on top of the fact that he's got, you know, Bob McNair, you know, you know, the the, the McNair, uh, excuse me, Janice McNair and the McNair family kind of running this ship that's just not looked good at all in recent years. And um, I'm worried, too, you know, he, the, the leash is going to be extra tight on him uh, uh, considering his, his tenure or, 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 you know, lack thereof in terms of lengthiness. Um, you know, moving forward because they clearly did what David Culley before. And and you have to wonder, is it going to be the same situation? Because, the, 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 you know, the Texans are still in a lot of uh, a need to address some things on the roster. They do have some promise there at certain small spots. Like Davis Mills certainly thrived in the second half of the season, like you had talked about, Josh, where he really looked like a competent quarterback. And I was, I was thoroughly impressed with him, honestly, you know, uh, um, to where he was he was certainly one of the more impressive rookie quarterbacks out there after Mac Jones. Um, you know, obviously Brandon Cooks, Laramie Tunsell when he's healthy, uh, Jonathan Greener too was a, a, a lone bright spot on that defense, um, at, out of the defensive end spot, um, where he had eight sacks. So I believe it was what 12, 13 games he played, uh, when he was healthy, uh, um, certainly was, you know, you know, a key cog in that defense to help get them going, but it's just the, the, the offensive consistency. I have a lot of concerns about with him and I just, I wonder if he's going to finally get over the hump, honestly, with this, but, um, I don't know. It's 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 a big big question mark uh uh with him to get you know you know with him in terms of what he's going to end up learning from his previous experiences and and apply that into this one. Um uh, but there's just a lot it, there's a lot of questions. I mean literally the those guys I named, you know, it really it's it's Cooks and Tunsil are really the only guys that I think are I would ideally like to say not expendable, you know, because even Mills like if you can get Mills if you can somehow trade away some of your draft picks to get a better quarterback than Mills even, like if if you somehow were to land, like, not to say this would happen. I don't think this is going to happen at all. But if a Kirk Cousins were to come in instead of a Davis Mills, I would take a Kirk Cousins over Davis Mills. I'm sorry. I know he's young. I know he's got some promise to him. But I would take the the more proven guy right now to manage and if you can help build something and get something going. Because Davis Mills is not a for sure foregone conclusion to succeed yet. Uh, I so had...
2: There's uh, that. It's, what was that? I, I had... uh wrote down in one of my articles uh, about Jimmy G where the Texans, I didn't see them as a landing spot for him, Mm -hmm. but Casario was in new England when they drafted Mm -hmm. Jimmy G. So, you know, Jimmy G isn't, you know, we know he isn't the greatest, but he can win some games when he's healthy. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that would be interesting. You know, if, you know, I think he will potentially go there. Like There's
0: a significant chance he could, um, but that's if he doesn't get a starting job elsewhere because I don't think if he went to the Texans, they'd be like, Davis Mills, sit down, young fella. We're going to get the, the veteran to step in because of what they saw in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't get a starting job, I think that's very possible, very, very possible if they trade him to Houston for for something, you know? And You were but, saying um, earlier
2: about the McNairs. Um, yeah. Well, growing up, I was an Oilers fan, and of course, when Bud Adams moved them to Tennessee, yep. he was the most hated mm-hmm. man in Houston. I think now, you know, of course, Bud Adams has passed, <laughs> but I think Houstonians would welcome the Adams family instead of the McNairs right now. <laughs> Honestly, <opinion>. seriously, no. <laughs> That's just my opinion.
0: It, it yeah it's i mean you know because yeah the older days i mean you know he, he was owning them back during the earl campbell danny pastorini days right mm-hmm. exactly yes. yeah those were the glory days really of the Texans mm-hmm. not even the matt Shaw andre johnson days it was the earl campbell danny pastorini days now
2: the going back to the and late
0: shoot, 70s and all that yep mm-hmm. yep there you Gary go oh, and, and warren moon too obviously I warren moon, yeah you know exactly mm-hmm. so you know the, the late 70s early 80s to, to the mid 80s uh um ladies for sure you know um, no doubt about that um, but you know I just I don't know there's a there's a lot to jumble you know I if, but George pointed it out like we got to cut the salary cap space in half from what I fucking thought it was I thought it was 35 million it's 17 million basically 18 million or whatever so it's it's even less than that um, I do love the one thing that brings me some promise about this um, is is Pep Hamilton being his OC honestly I think that is very underrated, and if he can let Pep pa- 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 Hamilton manage the quarterback while Lovey addresses the run game if he needs to, um, and then obviously the defense, he's going to be the the uh, de facto play caller defensively, then maybe we could see some bright, uh, bright spots in this team in the future. We can see a silver lining unfold potentially, but that is the key thing. I think that is probably the biggest difference maker of them all, and also depending on what they do in the offseason to, you know, whether they want to trade for, for certain guys to because they're in desperate need of some talent, you know, whether it's through the draft or, or or just some big names of free agency. There's no position group out there on this team right now that is, is guaranteed to be good, you know, that's that, that that's you know, that's thriving, that's in a position to feel confident about. So um, I think that comes into play. But you were talking about Larry Metunsel, though, George, and and I I like uh, um you know him being uh I'm sorry you were talking about uh, drafting uh, um uh, uh an offensive lineman in the draft potentially to couple with Laramie Tunsell uh, uh moving forward but, but at the same time like I you know I, I offensive linemen are valuable don't get me wrong but I, I I wouldn't blame them if they drafted a Kyle Hamilton though to be honest because even in that position group even in the secondary it's a colossal mess so it's like you can start one way, or the other. and Kyle Hamilton, like in my opinion, I think he's just a a once in a generation type of talent. You know, so that's the caveat that comes with it. But you know, I, I don't know. I, it just it, like does that does that could that change your panel, or is it just because you you think the offense lineman is of the utmost importance to address to kind of help uh, keep Davis Mills afloat?
3: I mean, my thing is just looking at draft strategy and and like the the numbers behind draft. I mean, you—we're talking about the number three overall pick here.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, positionally, and not—not not even necessarily talent-wise, because I really do like Hamilton. I think he's a fantastic talent. But positionally, I don't see the value of taking a safety at third overall. Whether you're whether your secondary is really good or really bad, uh, I mean, they only have so much impact. Uh, on the game it's not like we're talking edge we're not Mm -hmm. talking quarterback we're not talking offensive line to me those are the most valuable positions on the field and if we're talking number three overall and you have the opportunity and the possibility to get one of two of those positions very high I'm sorry I mean we all know Evan Neal's probably going one there's your offensive tackle that means you think he's going number one though for sure probably uh, I mean that that that's just what what I'm hearing. That's what I'm getting. Um, it's up and down. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you can go really anybody. But with Charles, yeah. Charles
1: Cross looks absurd in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Like he's probably the best pass per, uh, protector over the past five years, probably. Uh, he might be the best offensive lineman since Quentin Nelson, probably coming out. Really? Yeah. I like. That. I mean, I like Pune school a lot. You um, know, I'm a I'm maybe
3: a little really, bit lower on I, Cross. I, you know but what's I crazy? Really I just like, um.
1: I just got a uh, prospect uh, tape tracker like thirty minutes ago. so I'm mm-hmm. gonna go more deeper in there. but like what I'm hearing around, what I'm seeing, when I'm you know what I see on social media and whatnot, it sounds like Charles Cross
3: is top of the line.
0: Oh, he's nice. he's very nice oh I he he like
3: he it. is exceptional. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. i, I I've seen I, I watched uh, way too much. <laughs> College and SEC football, uh, <laughs> just way too much. Um, and, and I saw some tape that I was like, man eh, you know, he's he's exceptional. He's fantastic." There's um, a lot to like about a lot. There was a lot to like, draft. but yeah. I, I think there are two other offensive linemen that are very very good as well. That mm-hmm. I, I don't think you would be wrong in taking any one of them. Uh, but I, I I see one being either Neal or probably Iquono. Just uh, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot. Out of those two, but I mean, if they went cross, it, it is what it is. And but thing is, at that point, I, I mean, we're talking about a defensive coach going either safety or edge, which yeah. you know, one way or another, they will have the opportunity, very likely, to get either Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. One of those two guys. Yeah, will I, I think be I think they go.
1: I think they go that route rather than tackle.
3: Mm. Um, So do I. Well, I I think think the value is there.
1: It's either it's going to be going to be, I'm willing to put money down on this, that it's, it's going to be at number three overall that the Texans select a tackle. One of the, one of the three really good tackles or one of the two really good edge rushers. I'm willing to Mm -hmm. put money down because building a roster, you want a number one edge or you want a number one tackle. You have the third overall pick. You're probably going to have another third overall pick in the next, Ten years probably you take one of those guys.
3: Yeah. I think that's a no brainer. My only my only reason leaning edge is because they look at the roster and they say, Well shit, we already paid how much for a, like so. essentially a a tonsil, a book bu- a bookend left tackle, like a number one left tackle realistically for a team. I, I just see the value that you're going to get at with either one of those edge rushers. I mean, it's just such high value for three when, I mean, shoot, going into the season, how, how often did you guys hear, man, that guy, that guy Thibodeau, he, he's, he's probably the best player in the draft. I mean, and there's no doubting, you know, no denying his athleticism and talent, especially oh, at the athletic, position, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's insane. Um, it, it'll come down to fit and it'll come down to, um, who, who's taken first. Um, yeah little little sneak peek i'm not that high on aiden hutchinson
0: i i didn't you know i like i like david Ojava more but like i i'm surprised that you said that i like david a Hutchinson. i like a lot of the passwords i mean even though i like Kavon on thibodeau i like hutchinson more than thibodeau personally i know that's gonna sound crazy but like we're talking about athletes versus proven production on the field and i think hutchinson has more to show for in that regard than a thibodeau
3: you know, but um, I don't I don't take fraudulent Heisman voting into account.
0: <laughs> OK, he, like, come on. He, he was a great player this year. He Sam Williams was better much. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 no doubt about that. You know, like and, and my guy, obviously, uh, uh, Will Anderson, Jr., really hate that he didn't get enough uh, credit in all that regard. Uh, in, in, in that regard, when it came to when it came to the Heisman voting, but he, he still had a phenomenal. year. I still think he's a very great, uh, uh, very much a great prospect for them to take. Oh sure, but, on, but but honestly, I you know going back to what you were talking about with the offensive line, I would like to see them address that. Um, I would. I, you, you really can't go wrong with addressing anything. Like honestly, any like legit position group uh, um, for the Texans at number three, outside of maybe quarterback. That's the only thing I would say whoa what the fuck are you doing you know like like and and probably running back too just because there's not a lot of great running backs uh to take you know to to obviously uh, uh choose as well um you know uh in this draft but but those would be the only two really everything else i think is up for grabs but to be honest, I would like to kind of maybe see a Devin Lloyd get more love. I know he's a middle linebacker, but they never give middle linebackers enough love compared to the pass rushers out there, you know, even though they're basically the quarterbacks of the defense. But I'd like to see that happen, maybe a cross or a kneel if they fall to him. Um, Obviously, you know, you, you know, and the NC State guy as well on top of that, like I, th- those would be some interesting guys to take into account. I, but. I don't know it's a big mystery as to what Nick Casario is going to do it's I don't know it's it's still we still got a couple months away for the you know until we get ready for the draft but um yeah still only time will tell uh as for what they end up doing uh moving forward let's get to our last NFL head coaching change uh we're gonna do Doug Peterson for the Jacksonville Jaguars as we said earlier um and because we're kind of running short on time I'll just combine the two questions so you guys can answer them both at once um, what does he need to do to invoke his previous Philly Magic circa 2017? And also, what strengths and
2: weaknesses does he bring to the
0: table for this Jags organization? Uh We'll start with you, Juice.
2: Well, he has two things going for him right now. He has the number one pick this year, and he has the number one pick from last year in Trevor Lawrence, who <laughs> was – uh yeah, he struggled, you know, this season. But, I mean, he's still Trevor Lawrence, and he's still one of the highest-rated prospect quarterback prospects ever. Um, and uh, Peterson, you know, was a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator before he became head coach. Um, so I think he's going to help um, with Trevor Lawrence's development. Um, but, you know, when he left uh, – well, I can't remember. He got fired or left Philly. Um, he got fired from Philly. He got he fired. fired. Okay. Okay, he was fired, and, of course, he got criticized there in his last game for yeah. uh,
0: benching, uh, benching yeah, Jalen for, for Sudfield.
2: Sudfield, yes. Yeah. So I didn't get that either, but, you know, he did what he did, you know, and, of course, he had to answer for that. But, I mean, I think it's going to be his second go-around as a head coach, and like we've said yeah. before, usually um, – a head coaches second go around they're usually more successful for the most part um but you know I believe they have a lot of cap room as well uh Jacksonville I'm not sure how much they-
0: uh they have oh no they oh yeah I, I
2: totally they have 56 million dollars 50 in cap space I wasn't sure so they have the add this to place. my list
0: of blunders. I totally goofed on on listing the appropriate amount of. I thought it was seventeen. Million, or, that's what I wrote down. But I no, again, I, th- I think point, I
3: think you so. were getting them swapped. Like it's the same yeah. swap again yeah. because they've got about 18, 17, 18 mil in dead cap space. Yeah. I think, that's well, what they have mean, they have fifty six million.
2: So he has. In open I can't read, cash. folks.
0: I can't fucking read, folks. <laughs>
3: he has the number.
2: That's why you game, talk about sports. Fifty six million in cap. <laughs> um. So man, if they draft well, sign a good free agent class, yeah, um, they might be able to. They'll win more than one game, you know, next season. <laughs> um, they should be able to beat the Texans. Um,
1: yeah.
2: they beat the Colts, kept them out of the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. So, yeah. um, beat if, the Bills if, even
0: too, you know. Yeah,
2: the Bills. So if he can get him some players, um, develop, you know, Trevor. Um, They'll be better Um, And like I said I think he is going to help with his development So um, it's a good yeah. situation I think for the Jaguars Moving forward okay.
0: What would say you Josh uh, In terms of uh, the ability to invoke Some of his previous Philly magic And the strengths and concerns he brings to the table
1: Well first off in 2020 He was probably the worst coach Of the whole entire season Like he was downright Disgustingly bad um, you know, receivers weren't running the routes correctly, offensive linemen were kind of effing around really. It was just a blunder. But part of me is like saying it's kind of because of the COVID stuff, because they didn't really have much training camp and all that. Um and all that jazz. So there's really all about that. Uh there the strengths and weaknesses um or strengths and concerns, however, you know, the strengths is his play calling. I wrote an article on this. He runs a very, very, very good uh, scheme to play around with, mm-hmm. including mesh. Uh, yeah, just really just mesh. Short, mm-hmm. short crossing routes, yep. RPOs, mm-hmm. and yep. also a bunch formation. Uh, you'll be seeing a lot more of those. So that's kind of the standard of NFL offenses that you'll see nowadays in the NFL or something like that. Um, which we've been seeing a lot more and more of that. Uh, over the over the past couple of these, uh, years, but I think the biggest thing uh, for um, Doug Peterson is this is this first off season. Um, again, how I don't think the Jaguars are going to have a top three, four, or five pick, really, maybe at all. You know, with really? Trevor Lawrence under there. Yeah, I I think that again they could be pushing playoff mode really next year. I mean, Tennessee, Indianapolis aren't really like most craziest teams necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, With $56 million to play with. I mean, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Plus the number one overall draft pick. Again, that's a lot of stuff to play with.
0: And this is presumably under Doug Peterson still going into the following season, right?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Doug Peterson. I really like the hire. Um, I talked to you about it. um, David about it. Mm -hmm. Um, After, Podcast like two weeks ago mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing though, th- what the Jaguars should do, however, is sign a wide receiver. Um, yeah. whether I think I think something. the perfect option is Chris Godwin. Um great. giving him Chris great. Godwin. Uh uh Jack of all trades, really master of none, but like he's also like there kind of giving Lawrence that number one option. To play around with I mean again look the Jaguars receiving corps. it's not really that good I mean you have you know presumably a wide receiver that you pick up in free agency LaVisca Chanel is kind of mm-hmm. whatever um Marvin Jones had a really good year but you don't really know what he's gonna uh command early or want yeah. and then DJ sharks a free agent so that's where I would go around with is signing a big name number one caliber wide receiver and also you have the number one overall pick whether you take an edge rusher to kind of pair along with Josh Allen, um, the edge rusher, um, not the quarterback, but, mm-hmm. you know, having two really good edge rushers or hell, put a get Evan Neal or get anyone, any tackle you really want. They can go really anywhere you want with that number one overall pick.
0: Mm-hmm. It'll
1: be, it will be that number one overall pick is going to shape shift what they do in the near future. Robert, because again, if if they kind of get a stud there, That's going to lead them to the promised land. Um, So that's really all about that, about uh, Doug Peterson. Also, uh, Doug Peterson does run those two tight end sets.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I don't really see him running those two tight end sets anymore, really. I see them running those two running back sets. Travis Etienne and James Robinson in the same backfield is going to be disgustingly really good. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch if gonna be... bounces
0: bounced back, of course. You know.
1: Oh hell yeah! I mean, a lot of people shitted on the Travis Etienne pick, but I kind of liked it. Honestly, obviously, it wasn't really that great of a pick at the time mm-hmm. because obviously their team was ass. Yeah. But like now, <laughs> it makes a ton, a lot, of, it makes a ton of sense to do so for that. So, I, I, I again this the first season is going to shapeshift what they go after. I,
0: I think it makes a ton of sense if they can address some of their other concerns, uh, um, you know, on the team, because they still have like the offensive line is an absolute shambles. Like it's just not a, a, not a good offensive line outside of maybe, you know, a cam Robinson. I mean, and he's a, he's also a looming free agent on top of that. Um, so, th- you know, there's a lot of areas of concern defensively, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a whole nother area of concern too, but um, but Etienne will certainly be a, a vital playmaker, of course, if he can bounce back from uh, from injury. Um what what say you uh, uh George in terms of the strengths and concerns he brings to the table and can he revitalize his career with, with the Jacksonville Jaguars?
3: Uh I think he can as long as he's able to have a good working relationship with Bulky. Yeah. And it seems like that has been one of the biggest issues that the last couple coaches have had. I mean, I can't really say that about Urban. Urban dug his own grave. Uh, and if you ask me, I think he dug that before he even got to Jacksonville, but that's just me. Seriously, um, karma's a bitch. Yeah, you could say that again. Um, but I, I think Peterson's personality works well in, in that sense. He seems not not lackadaisical or not nonchalant, but in a sense mm-hmm. he seems very laid back. Yeah, but he's a very still, chill guy. He still wants his say. Yeah. So Absolutely. as long as Balky can put his his own ego aside, mm-hmm. uh, which that's you know been kind of people have been hard pressed to see that at times. Uh, so we'll we'll see w- when it comes to that sense. But uh, apart from that, I, I think you know I think his scheme and his systems will be really good for this team. Uh, I really like what he's able to do with young quarterbacks, uh, especially with young athletic quarterbacks, where he's able to really excuse me scheme them open, scheme them time. To, to really make and deliver throws downfield. And I mean, with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who is tr- truly an athletic freak, I mean, yeah. I think some people kind of forget, dude is huge and fast. Like, man, is oh, six yeah. foot six. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's walking, but he is moving whenever he's yeah. scrambling around with that football. He's so, on, yeah. uh, he's exceptionally athletic and, uh, I mean, honestly, just a really good quarterback. Uh, so, the, the, Excuse me, the roster itself does need a fair <laughs> bit of work, but with the amount of cap space they have and the high draft picks that they've got, they can really kind of do anything mm. this year. I I do think they end up going tackle with the first overall pick. Uh, it, it just makes sense. The value's there for them. They don't really have another one at all. I mean, John Taylor is truly at this point in his career a right tackle, not a... A left tackle, also uh, not very good. I was about to say. I think yeah. you guys know where I'm. <laughs> I think you guys know where I'm getting at there. Like that. That's essentially the same. The same. I was saying the same thing for the Giants when they when they drafted Eric Flowers. I was like, you know, I really think Flowers would be better as a right tackle, not a left tackle. Oh, <laughs> is he, does he uh, right
1: tackle in Washington?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's right <laughs> tackle. All right, it needs to be pretty strong. Yeah. Then. Exactly. He's, he's
0: had a bit of a bounce back that i've read though you know from from what i've seen he's been a little bit better than he previously keeping
3: liked. in like, mind that was yeah. my that was my thought process when he was with the giants mm-hmm. so the you guys get what i'm saying you you yeah. guys you guys are picking up what i'm putting down if i say you know that guy is a he's a tackle but i mean he's Probably a right tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for the
0: actual great right tackles out there that have their like position consistently discriminated against because you know it's like
3: everyone's no. It's, about, it's so the left hey, tackle gets all the fame and the glory, you know. Well, that's because he's the blindside tackle. No, I know, but it's that's like, like right thing. field. It's like we're talking about right fielders right now. But it also depends where, on like where, where the, you, like, the, the you know what I, I mean. Yeah. We're talking about <laughs> right fielders right now. <laughs> We're talking right
0: about. And all of your oh, you know. I love <laughs> it. We're, t-
3: <laughs> we're talking about right fielders right now. Oh, um, but it's oh, great. I love. Overall, that. I really do like what Peterson brings to the table. Uh, I wouldn't say he's ever necessarily been an inconsistent coach. Uh, I think he's been relatively consistent mm-hmm. in what he wants to get out of his teams and how he wants his teams to play. Uh, yeah. So I-, I think that's going to be something good. And tr- I, he he really is a consummate professional i mean Mm -hmm. he's the type of guy that you are really looking to bring in uh to to a team that has not had a lot of stability over the last couple of years has taken a whole lot of losses the last couple of years Mm -hmm. uh, and someone who's you know shown that they can work with a young quarterback so i really like the hire i think peterson should hopefully be in the long haul uh with the jaguars and with trevor lawrence after they absolutely whiffed uh Mm -hmm. on their last hire um Mm -hmm. (laughs) We didn't <laughs> see that. statement of the year probably. yeah well <laughs> I, I it's one of those things where like that's a i can't tell if i love or hate being able to say man told you so about about a guy <laughs> before he even gets hired because as soon as i saw no. that as a rumor i'm just like train wreck incoming exactly. i'm just gonna sit back and watch mm-hmm. it, it was it was and look ugly. what we did we sat back and watched and it was glorious <laughs> uh, but going forward, I really do think uh, Peterson has a ton of fun. I know it's little...
0: glorious, but it was just... It, it was, was glorious was for sad. me, because I it was not
3: sad. for me. I knew it was going to happen, so I was mm-hmm. fully expecting that. I, I, yeah but i was just hoping he'd
0: like learn from his stupid ass ways but the dumbass didn't so how involved. dare you how dare you give
3: him <laughs> credit
0: Ugh. no i was hoping he would actually like re- like find a way to redeem i mean miraculous it was it'd be a fucking miracle for him miraculous himself, is you know? right yeah, jesus so but you know obviously <laughs> the guy didn't so you know and uh, you know honestly there's no love lost with him i think for a lot of people considering what uh all yeah, unfolded uh... when he was with the uh when he's with the jags but um no yeah this 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 hiring is interesting um you know to be honest like i chose these guys all three of these guys as the first choices and it's no knock towards them because i think every one of them has some promise to some degree in certain certain aspects to what they bring to the table but the situation as a whole does not bring the utmost optimism from these three candidates and and i'm going to go the same thing with with doug peterson um, you know, they, there are some silver linings to this. Um, they do have a ton of cap space, for instance. They've got their potential franchise quarterback. We don't know if he's the answer yet, quite yet. Hopefully he's, the you know, going to be that answer for their sake. Um, you know, we certainly loved, a lot of people certainly loved Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson concerning his his record, his track record, his, his, his accomplishments and versatility. Uh, but it's still a big question mark nonetheless. Um, I think the thing is, though, with with the Eagles towards the end, it seemed like he struggled to evolve a little bit. And to overcome some of the adversity when he was the head coach there that he had to go through, because you know they, they in that 2020 season it was a mess all around, and it, in, in parts it wasn't his fault. You know, uh, in certain parts it wasn't his fault, honestly, with the 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 lack of health of his team. Uh, the I, I think Howie Roseman is far less competent of a GM doug peterson is as a head coach honestly so my condolences for dealing with that it's honestly i think he is a a mediocre gm even with all all things accounted for that they obviously won the super bowl in 2017 um which honestly i give a ton of respect to for for doug peterson accomplishing because that was not easy to accomplish you know uh, um considering like when you look at the roster of that team it's not an elite roster that they had there you know compared to the previous you know Dynasty caliber teams that we talked about or that, that we've seen win or, you know, obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year or even, you know, this year with the Rams. Like, I don't think the Rams were a, uh, um, uh, I I don't think the Eagles were a had a better roster in 2017 than the Rams did this year. Like there was so much he accomplished uh, uh, and made up for despite really the team not being stacked with star studded talent. You know, um, it I was still just a don't lot know of- how
2: they won that Super Bowl over my Patriots.
0: I know, right? That was crazy. I didn't, I you know, I predicted it, but I like because of the the team camaraderie aspect of it, the, the the cohesion that they had. But at the same time, like the Patriots definitely should have won that shit. They're the more talented uh, team arguably. I you know?
3: I, re- I really want to just use Nick Foles as uh his nickname, but uh, I'll spare you guys that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know what you're talking about. Oh. If you don't, you've been living under a rock since then, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, didn't you drop it one time before? I thought you did. Yeah, I know I have. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, that might have been... No, that might have been after a podcast, and uh, I might have told you guys where the nickname came from. Oh, and, uh, I, I remember exactly what yes, you talking about. Yes, you know and, what oh I mean. Yes, let's... Oh, uh, Jesus, let's, I'm sure uh... he would
0: take it as, an, as, as a compliment
3: nonetheless, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he did, and has. Oh, let's God. uh
0: <laughs> let's move on <laughs> no. moving swiftly um, onwards from yeah. nick Foles.
1: dm us <laughs> if you
0: want to find that answer okay folks no. please don't just <laughs> google it <laughs> google it yeah either one you know no but uh, um that that eagles team they you know that 2017 it was magical what he accomplished It one of the greatest head coaching accomplishments i have ever seen i mean your star mvp caliber quarterback goes down in carson wentz who had a phenomenal year that year. Um, and you have Nick Foles leading the charge and to accomplish what he did, you know, there's arguably their biggest superstar. You could look at the offensive line with a Jason Kelsey, for instance, uh, uh you know, maybe Elaine Johnson too, to some degree and, and a, Fletcher Cox, those were their superstars. And that was it. Okay. They, you know, for, me, well, maybe you could also make an argument also for, um, uh, uh, for, uh, for Zach Ertz to a Titan, but I, I don't know if he would necessarily qualify as a superstar Titan. He was a very good Titan nonetheless. Um, but but it's still a lot to, that he overcame and accomplished ultimately to reel in that Super Bowl. I wonder though if he can channel that magic again, uh, because things kind of just gradually tapered off towards the twi- you know towards the the final uh, uh, ensuing years uh, of his time with the Eagles. You know, um, it all depends on what they do in the draft and with free agency. What he finds that works with him uh, um, to, to to manage and to, to apply in certain situations, because he's actually a very good play caller. As, as Josh alluded to earlier, with how imaginative he can be, how creative he can be. Um, it's just a matter of, like, really finding the guys that, that fit his his, his scheme uh, um, in particular. Um, but, you know, I, I just hope for his sake that the quarterback situation does not devolve into what it did in 2020 with Carson Wentz because that came out of nowhere. I mean, even, even with 2018-2019 kind of being underwhelming in comparison to 2017, 2020 was like, something out of, like, the fucking twilight zone, okay? Like, seeing Carson Wentz be that awful, you know, with, with how turnover-prone he was, with how ridiculously, like, telegraphic he was throwing the football, um, it, it was just out of nowhere that we saw that coming. And, and it just it, – it led to his firing, of course, and, and, you know, obviously he didn't have as much freedom to manage, you know, uh, uh, with his staff, you know, which also, you know, I was alluding to earlier with the uh, Howie Roseman situation, So it's all dependent on that. You know, I think there's certain strengths he brings, but also, uh, uh, you know, it's a matter of can he bring the most out of the talent he's able to ultimately acquire? And I think those are going to be the two biggest uh, situations that come into play for him. But I don't know. I mean, Godspeed to all three of these guys. I just don't know if any three of these situations are the best. You know to deal with coming in you know compared to other head coaches that we're going to get into uh incoming head coaches that we're going to get into uh in the coming weeks but um you know we'll see only time will tell honestly uh, but in the meantime folks that'll do it for us this uh for this episode we want to thank you all for tuning in uh uh thank you guys also for hopping on the podcast we really appreciate it with you guys uh george josh and and juissa as well um uh, before we go let's give a shout out though to our sponsor Uh, We're talking uh, Outlast DFS. If you use the promo code OTH, you can get matched up with your first bet of up to 100%. 100%, Excuse me, I said that wrong. With your first bet, you can be matched up to 100% uh, with a deposit bonus of up to $200. So a ton of money you can potentially make depending on the bet that you place uh, once you sign up and use the promo code OTH at OutlastDFS.com. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time right here on the OTH NFL podcast. Take care and enjoy the rest of your week, guys.